Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation is proud to present Philanthropy and Friends, the podcast that explores the positive impact of philanthropy and nonprofits in our communities. With your host, Jane Powell. Hi, my name is Jane Powell. Welcome to Community Connections brought to you by the Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation. This is a show showcasing community involvement, and today I have a guest that I've known for a long time, and I'm so happy she's here. Uh, Margaret Taylor, director of the YWCA Sojourner Shelter for Women and Homeless Families. Margaret, I'm so glad you're Thank here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, your program is great, and I want everyone to hear about what you do, because I think it's so much more than what people know. Mm -hmm. um, but let's just start out. What is Sojourners? Uh, Sojourners is a homeless, uh, a shelter for homeless women and families. And we have a capacity for 75 individuals. And services is provided to single women with or without children. And our intake family is man and wife with or without children or man that has custody of his children. Mm -hmm. And the services also include veterans and their families. 75 beds, mm -hmm. that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I know Sojourners is a program of the YWCA of Charleston, mm -hmm. one of many programs. Yes. But you guys um, have your own space, and I know you uh, manage that program closely mm -hmm. and have done so for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So we're so lucky to have you. Thank you. Um, so 75 beds, but Sojourners is more than just beds. Yes, Sojourners is far more than that, and we're located at 1418 Washington Street East, and our facility is open 24-7, so if there is a need in the middle of the night or a community has someone that are in need of shelter, they can bring them to the facility. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to help our individuals become back self-sufficient, mm -hmm. and we do that in many ways by having, uh, we have two case managers that work with our individuals. They help them develop goals, and the, the and I say help develop because if we develop them, they won't take ownership. But if they are a part of it, they will take ownership. And the individual has to be working towards those goals on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, we have a substance abuse and a mental health counselor on site because that is a need. That is a challenge that we are all facing uh, today. We have. Um, a program for the children because when the families become homeless, it's, it's not the kids' fault that they became homeless. So we have two spaces, um, well actually they're all over, but two specific spaces, and one of them consists of a lab, and there's 2.5 staff in there, and what we do is help bridge the gap between the school system and our kids, because by the time we get them, they've already been to two or three different schools. Now, Margaret, I've had a chance to tour um, your facility. Mm -hmm. In this lab, this is the room with the rows of computers, mm -hmm and and supplies set up almost like a library mm -hmm. so the children are learning on the same um, computers and with the same materials as their peers in school is that mm -hmm. right that is correct because uh, we use an evidence-based program called second step which is also used in the school system and we have a homeless liaison individual and we work closely with the school system so if we have any issues in getting our kids into school or if there's something going on with our uh, the children that we may not have identified and they have identified we work closely together and so we know that if Johnny is uh, having difficulties with math, then we know what to work with. Mm -hmm. So we're still doing the same thing. 
The other thing that we do is uh, at, at least 40% of our individuals that we get uh, don't have a, a GED, which they now call the TAS. Uh, we have a complete education piece of the program for the adults uh, that is located behind Piedmont School, and it is open five days a week. And individuals can go and just brush up on their skills, uh, gain employment skills. Uh, they have uh, dress for success. They do interviews. Uh, we have. Uh, up-to-date computers uh, in the facility, uh, thanks for the Great Cornell Valley. And we also, um, for individuals that need a Pacific uniform or steel toe shoes, we make sure they have that. And we provide transportation to and from job interviews and, and also provide transportation up until they get their first paycheck. And we do budgeting and money management because that's how some old individuals got caught up. Not that they didn't have an income, they just didn't know how uh, to divide it up and make it last in the run of the month. Um, just last month we had, uh, I'm sorry, last quarter we had um, 19 individuals that uh, took the, was preparing for the GED slash TAFE. No way, that's great. Yeah, and 12 of them tested and four of them passed it and the, the rest passed section of it, so they are now back studying in order to uh, go back and complete those uh, sessions because that's the good part. They only have to go back and take the, the sessions uh, that they didn't acquire enough points with. But um, so, and then we have an aftercare piece of it, and with the aftercare piece of it is they go out and visit the residents once or twice a month depends on their needs. Uh, some residents, when they uh, get that job and they get that apartment, is like, okay, we don't need anything else. We are good to go. But we make sure that they know what is available in their community. So when you say aftercare, you mean after they leave Sojourners. After they leave Sojourners. So when they're living independently, mm -hmm. you're still keeping contact with them. Yes, yes. We still keep contact with them because, uh, one, our goal is that our individuals don't have to come back through our facility, right. you know. So if a visit a month helps do that, then then we, we have accomplished what we're trying to accomplish. And then also when, uh, during the winter months, when the utility bill is high, there are programs that will assist, and we want to make sure that they have that information so that they don't have to make a choice. Do I pay the utilities or do I pay my rent, you know. And then the other thing that we have is we have a housing coordinator. And that has been, we've only had that for a year, but it has been a great addition to the program because that is the only person that has a job, the rest of us has many jobs, that she goes out and she works with the Landlord Association. If she sees a sign that's a place for rent, she figure out how. Uh, that um, we can get our individuals into it. She goes to the housing meeting. She worked closely with Charleston Housing mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times our individuals has already been in Charleston Housing and may can't go back for whatever reason. Uh, and not always that's something that they have done, but maybe the people that they had residing with them. And so uh, oftentimes we have to get private housing, but she has been very successful in putting our individual into housing with them spending less time in the facility. So that's, that is an added plus that we uh, have, and, and we're certainly glad to have that additional piece to it. 
But, um, you know, and we talk about the, the people that we serve, that, that we've served over 800 individuals, but it's, it's not all about the number. It is what were they able to accomplish well, yes, I agree with you, but I think we just have to acknowledge that number <laughs> because when you say 800 individuals, you're talking about in one year. Yes, yes. So a 75-bed facility is seeing over 800 people in one year. What is the average stay of someone? The average stay is about three months, but it can vary because we, with the housing coordinator being there, we have placed people in less time. But it depends on their needs. We have some individuals that uh, has bad landline references, uh, that old and outrageous utility bill or something mm -hmm. that is hindering them. So, or the family is large. We had a mom with eight kids. So we have to do some searching to find a facility that is big enough uh, for that. Right. Yes. Um, remarkable. And I know the housing coordinator has been a great addition yes. to to the program and that she's dedicated to mm -hmm. finding everyone safe and healthy housing. Um, so I know what you do for adults. So you have the Job Readiness Center mm -hmm. that's there. You're doing the aftercare when they move out. Um, let's talk a little bit about the children. And I know that you have the tutoring programs, mm -hmm. but I've seen them in the facility. They're happy mm -hmm. and they play. and, and and, and they hug you, and they're happy children. Margaret, you make that happen. Well, it's a team effort, um, you know, because everyone plays a part. I tell them there's no one job more important than the other one. And just the fact that we're able to provide things for the kids as well as the entire family that they may or may not would have had access to. But it's, it, a lot of that is done through the community because with the, for example, we have the Adopted Family Project uh, during the holidays and individuals and groups and organization comes in uh, or they call and they say, uh, I, uh, I want to adopt a family or we have some individuals that just want to adopt the adults because someone has sweeped up all of the families, but everyone in the facility, you know, has a list and they put on that list what they uh, would like to have for Christmas with the understanding that they may or may not get all those things. But oddly enough, they end up getting everything that they have on their list. That's great. And the sad part is that for some it's the best Christmas that they ever had. You know, I say it's sad that because they have to have it in a homeless facility, but we are uh, glad that we are there because otherwise these individuals may end up on in the streets of Charleston living on the streets or in abandoned buildings or places like that but we also have other people that comes in and volunteers and do special dinners for us you know um, that comes in and just the residents don't have to do anything but come in and enjoy a great meal or an activity or that uh, comes in um, volunteers that come in that literally takes pictures of our individual because let's face it the majority of our individual and we could ask ourselves how many family pictures do we really have That's right. you know so they literally comes in and take photos of the families and they frame them and bring them back to them I mean how That's great incredible. is that uh, we have an artist that come in and he literally sets it up just 
just just like the real deal, like he's teaching adults and has our kids there, and they are following his instruction well. And they have individual canvases yes. and paintbrushes. The whole thing is all mm -hmm. set up. They, they don't have to reach in anyone else's in order to get their paint. So these are the things that the community help us do, which allows us to be able to uh, have outcomes with our program. Mm -hmm. Like uh, last year, the youngest person we served was two days old. Our oldest one was 78 years old. You know, but 87% of those individuals gained housing and was able to maintain their housing. We provided over 20,000 shelter nights for individuals to be able to stay. We provided over 80 nutritious meals and two healthy snacks uh, for our individuals, so we address hunger uh, in mm -hmm. the facility. 78% uh, uh, of our individuals gained employment and 74% was able to maintain their employment. Our recidivism rate is only actually 5% of individuals having to come back to our facility, but it's due to everybody. Um, we work collaborative with all the different agencies uh, here in the Valley. So what we don't have and they have, we just trade off if it's going to meet the needs of the individual. Um, you know, we work with all the funding sources in the Valley. The Greater Canal Valley is absolutely wonderful to us, and we really do appreciate it uh, because that shows that you believe in the work that we do, you know, and we can't do this by ourselves. It's, it, I say it's a team effort, and it really is a team effort. Wow. You know? It's, it's doing a very good service for our community. So as a, a volunteer or an organization, if I want to help, I can call the, the number, mm -hmm. and anyone who needs help could call this number, but yes. it is 304-340-3562. And I could, any time of year, provide a dinner. Mm -hmm. I can come over and cook spaghetti yes. for the residents. Yes. I could come over and, and, and teach them how to crap. grow a tomato plant, mm -hmm. um, yes. do arts and crafts, mm -hmm. or I'm guessing you would even let me read stories oh, yes. to the Tell kids. So there is um, a number of ways mm -hmm. that I could be involved, mm -hmm. or my group could be involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure that there are many people that do that for you all year long. Yes, they do. We, we are blessed. Uh, Charleston is a caring community, and y'all help us hold true to our, uh, what we say is that we give them a bed and we give them the reason to get out of the bed, but we can't do that without everyone's help, whether it is monetary, financial, or whether they're assisting us with our fundraisers. Yeah, it's Margaret, team. thank you so much for being here and telling us about Sojourners. Um, it's great. I'm so glad Charleston has the facility. I'm so glad Charleston has you. Thank you. So thank you so much. Thank and you. thank you all for joining us. This has been Community Connections, brought to you by the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. We'll see you next time. For more info on the Greater Canal Valley Foundation, visit us online at tgkvf.org.